I'll invite you to remain standing as we read our scripture this morning, which comes to us out of Acts chapter 2. We read verses 1 through 21, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the story of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. They shall prophesy. I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. So this morning, I have, last week I, I fed you chips. I'm not going to feed you chips today, but I do have a, a, another uh, demonstration to share with you this morning. So what I have with me this morning is an open tablet of Alka-Seltzer, and an Alka-Seltzer tablet that is from the open package, but is still in its package. So when we drop the open tablet of Alka-Seltzer into the glass of water, what do you think is going to happen? Silly question, right? 
It's going to fizz, and you can see the power being pulled out and going everywhere as it fizzes. It's working. It's going. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And everybody can see it. Now, if we put the tablet in the open but enclosed package into the cup, what do you think is going to happen? It's still going to be fizzing and it's still going to be dissolving because the water is still getting to it. But are we going to see it working? No. In fact, this one is so powerful, you can hear it, you can smell it. Lemon. And you can taste it. This one is working, but you can't see it. You can't hear it. And you cannot taste it. It is still contained in its wrapping. Just as all of us as Christians, have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Oftentimes, the Spirit can be seen. Other times, it cannot. Our goal, our calling in this life as followers of Jesus is to live in such a way as to unwrap the packaging around the presence of the Holy Spirit and believe in that power that is within us. At Christmas, gift wrapping and, and the gift bags can be, can be beautiful to look at. People spend valuable effort and sometimes even money on the wrapping itself. And put a lot of effort into it. However, it isn't the wrapping at Christmas that is valuable to us, is it? It is the gift inside the wrapped package. At Pentecost, just like Christmas, we were given a gift. The wrapping is beautiful to look at. However, it is up to us to unwrap it so that the true value of that gift can be revealed to all. It is up to us to unwrap it so that all of us may have the ability to not only live for Christ, but to share the good news of Christ, the good news of the gospel of Jesus, the fact that he rose from the dead on that cross for us, with all people. We have the opportunity then at Pentecost to believe in the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Pentecost Sunday is the day in which we recall the events that occurred when, when Jesus' original disciples received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week we talked about Jesus ascending into heaven and Jesus had told his disciples at the table at the Last Supper back in the Gospel of John that I am leaving to go and prepare a place for you and where I'm going you know the way but you can't come with me but I will leave with you an advocate, a counselor, someone who will fight for you, someone who will go to bat for you, someone who will woo you into me into the way that you should go. That Holy Spirit of Pentecost, after Jesus ascended into heaven, is the presence of God in this world. Luke says the followers of Jesus were gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of Pentecost when suddenly it sounded like a tornado was hitting. Everybody go... That was not a very strong tornado. (laughs) Thank you. Then in the noise of the wind that we can only imagine the strength, every single one of the people on everyone who had gathered, one or more tongues of fire appeared. I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw tongues of fire appear over people's heads, I probably would have been hightailing it the other way. Can I get a witness? I'd be gone. Then everyone started to speak in foreign languages so that the people who were passing by on the roadways all heard the noise. They all came running to see what was going on. And they heard the believers of Jesus speaking of God's deeds and of power in at least 13 different languages that were mentioned. There's no doubt in my mind that there were more than that. But that's all that was mentioned. But even though all these different languages were being spoken, here is the cool and the amazing part. Everyone could understand what was being preached. This really impressed some of the people in the crowd. Shoot, I'd be, I'm impressed most weeks when people can understand me and I only preach in one language. Right, Roy? Amen. Thank you. You know, some of the people were really amazed. They thought it was a miracle, although there were a few, and there's always one or two in every church. And when they're, on the, in, in, when they're in church on the same Sunday, Roy and Wayne, it's really a show. But there's always a couple in every church, you know, that do that sneer. <laughs> this isn't anything special. They just had a few already this morning. When I walked into church this morning with my two little shot glasses full of water, I walked right by Noble, and he said, Hitting it early on tomorrow, this morning, aren't you, Pastor? I said, Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Many of them thought it was a miracle, but others thought that it was either a show or they thought maybe they had hit the bottle a little bit earlier. They were drunk. And so what are we to make of all this? 
What are, what are we to do about the spirit of Pentecost? What, what are we in this day and age meant to do with this story? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, there are some Christians, and we're gonna, let's, let's look at one end of the spectrum, and then we're going to go to another. There are some faiths who, who think that, that these same extraordinary signs experienced at Pentecost in the day with the disciples occurs for every true believer in every generation. Okay? Uh, for these Christian groups exhibiting the gifts of the Holy Spirit, usually evidenced by, by speaking in tongues, is a sign of, of, of true Christian conversion that not only must happen to every single Christian person, but also must be witnessed and must be authenticated by others. And if someone does not show signs of the gift being given, he or she is considered by the community to not have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and is not considered fully Christian. This story, this reveal of the Spirit then at Pentecost is very important to many faiths, many groups within Christianity. These signs are a way then for some though a way of determining who is included in and who is excluded from the community of believers. Pentecost is very, very important to these denominations. Now let's Let's look at the United Methodist perspective. It's a little bit different. We, we are not on the same belief line that the sign for every true believer is the same as it was for the very first disciples. Okay? Are you with me? Everybody say amen. amen. Nor are we on the same belief line uh, where, we were, uh, where we believe and require people to show proof that they have been baptized by the Holy Spirit in order to become members of the church. As John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, put it, we seek a sense of the assurance of God's grace and of God's acceptance. We seek the assurance of God's grace and God's acceptance. And that feeling of assurance, that feeling of grace and acceptance comes by one way. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. John Wesley also believed that, that, that this did not have to be proven in the community of faith, but rather, in fact, just the opposite. It is through the active participation and involvement in the community of faith that actually leads to one's heart's feeling, as Wesley put it, strangely warmed. 
Folks, I, I too do not believe that this passage in Acts is describing something that everyone in every generation must experience or, or even can experience for that matter. Rather, this passage in Acts is a unique event centered around the actual life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our experience of Christ in our day and age is very different from the experience of those disciples who lived during the days in which Jesus walked the earth. Do you agree? I can imagine what the Twitter feed would look like in first century Palestine, don't you? Look a little bit differently than it does today. Our experience of Jesus is different from that of the first disciples. Likewise, our experience of the Holy Spirit is different from that of the first disciples. Ours is no less important. Theirs is no less important. It is just different. Thus, in sharp contrast, uh, perhaps, to those who would suggest that, that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a way of deciding who is excluded from the community, I encourage us to read this passage this morning as evidence of God's radically inclusive welcoming of all people. I think this passage passage speaks not about the means exclusion, but rather a means to the inclusion of the people of the early church, of the people of the church between now and then, of the people of the church of today, and of the people of the church to come. Because guess what, folks? I don't, no matter what Satan tries to throw out, there will be a church to come. Someone say amen. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that made communication between all of these people possible. Even differences in languages cannot keep the communication at bay. It is that gift that unites all people to one another so that not one group is excluded, not one group is left out. The experience of Pentecost opened the ears of all of the different groups of Jews living in Jerusalem, inviting them to listen to the Christian witness in their own tongue. And not just the Jews in the area, but anyone who dare come and hear the good news. It is the same gift that is still present today. But it is our job to unwrap that gift. To get to the part that is valuable. The valuable part of the gift at Pentecost is the assurance that we are God's beloved children. 
all of us, all of them, all who have ever been born, and all who will ever be born. We are God's beloved children. And just like a parent never leaves their child unattended, God never leaves us alone either. The true gift of Pentecost is the assurance that God loves us and that we are beloved children of God and that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but The Empire Strikes Back has a great illustration for this. The character in Star Wars, Yoda, is teaching Luke Skywalker on how to use the Force so he can be victorious in the ongoing battle against evil. Sound familiar? Their ship becomes stuck, and, and Luke exclaims that they will never get it out. <clears throat> Yoda turns to him and says, <clears throat> This is going to be bad, but I'm going to try it anyway. <clears throat> so certain are you. Always with you it cannot be done, Luke. That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> he says, moving stones around is one thing. That is totally different. Yoda says, no different. Only different in your mind. So Luke tries and fails to use the force to move the gigantic ship although he can use it to move stones and boulders. He tries the magnificent force of the ship and fails and says, you want the impossible. Yoda then, with ease, raises the ship, sets it where it's no longer stuck. You, Luke is amazed and says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you fail. Okay, next time I'm going to get someone who can do the Yoda voice better than I. But how often is the reason we fail because we do not believe into the power enough? We must believe that we are God's beloved children. Every one of us. And we must be assured that God loves us even before we can unwrap the gift that is contained in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then, and only then, the unwrapping is the sharing of the Spirit with all people. The spirit that can be evidenced by all and the spirit that can be shared with all. So how will you unwrap the power of the spirit in your life today and in this week? And who will you share it with? The power of belief in Jesus 
can move mountains beyond our belief. So let us not let our unbelief get in our way. This is the message of the gospel for Pentecost. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.